Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Tyler. I'm Jamie, and uh, this is a quick thing. All right, so in entertainment news... That's entertainment. I want to talk uh, briefly about Godzilla vs. Kong. I saw it uh, over the weekend. And um, I won't go into too much uh, details uh, with the plot, and I won't give away any real spoilers because I know you you still haven't seen the movie yet, so this will kind of be brief. But um, overall, I I did like it. Um, I didn't love it, though. I mean, it embraces the roots by giving us uh, some silly stuff like they did in the original films back in the day, um, probably as an homage, but it's still pretty silly shit. There, There are so many leaps in logic here. The technology has advanced so far in this film that science is basically magic. Uh, the human elements are cut down, which is good, um, but they are, uh, you know, but they're basically the ones that get Kong and Godzilla to fight, and it's, you know, the human's fault, um, so, uh, that they basically fight. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown's character, or Millie Bobby Brown, uh, is only there to bridge, uh, the gap between, uh, King of the Monsters in this film, but you can just completely cut her story out of the film and it wouldn't matter. It, it, like, it, it really wouldn't. You don't need her in this at all. Um, Kong is really the protagonist here. It starts with him and ends with him as well. Um, they really humanize him here. You do feel bad for him. You sympathize with him. Uh, this is his story and kind of more of a sequel to Skull Island. So uh, they did some, like, in terms of the effects, they did some great expressions with the animation. So, uh, as I said, they pick up some threads from Skull Island and some from King of the Monsters, most mostly the Hollow Earth theories. So Godzilla here is portrayed more as a destructive force, not necessarily a villain, but he is the antagonist. So, of course, they're, uh, but of course, like the real reason we're all watching this are the fights. And I can happily tell you, man, that they really do deliver here, like... It, it's fucking great. Like, once they get to Hong Kong, that's the main set piece. That's where the best stuff is. They they decimate the living hell out of it. Like, I think they do worse than Man of Steel, <laughs> except here it's on brand. Um, well, that would, well, see, in this case, that would make sense because yeah. we're not, we're dealing with, we're dealing with two monsters that don't, like, deal with, like, logic and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. they just, all, all they care about is, uh, domination, yeah. conquering, yeah. and just kicking the other the other monster's ass, you know. Yeah. So, you know, um, whereas that, where that other piece of garbage movie, it's like, oh no, I gotta save the world by turning it into a parking lot. <laughs> so, but yeah, there is a nice moment where Godzilla acknowledges Kong and gives him some respect. Um, but I kind of two moments in a way. But I will say that when do it, they do like fist bumps and stuff? It's like it's like yo, no. Yo. No, nothing like that. Yo, K-Double. Um, Yo, respect, bro. They might as Yo. well have, though. But uh, <laughs> but I will say that when it comes uh, to two icons battling it out, the movie sort of um, goes where you think it's going to. Not fully, but it's there. So you'll see what I mean when you see it. So, but yeah, they 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 really delivered on the fights, and and that's really worth seeing. Pacing wise, it goes by pretty quick. It's almost two hours. Uh, it doesn't feel like a slog, which is nice. The performances are good for the most part, given what the actors are given. Um, if I were to rate this, it would be a six point five out of seven. Um, no, I'm sorry, a six point five out of ten. Sorry, uh, seven would be too generous. I think. Um, I think if Guillermo del Toro were to direct this and did the story. It would have most likely been a better film. Uh, when you see his track record of what he can do with creatures, there would have been way more depth and it would have been much more interesting. But I still say see it, you know, just for the fights because it was still entertaining. You know what would have made it go up to that eight, right? Yeah. Or an 8.5? Yeah. yeah. You, you, you know it. You know it. I know it. You know it. Mm-hmm. America knows it. Mm-hmm. You know what? The rest of the world knows it. And you know what? I don't even have to say his name because 
people know it and they agree with me. They may not say it directly, but deep down they agree with me. You know, J double, J double. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, oh, were you able to watch the Supergirl uh, season six premiere? Yes, I was, but J double wasn't in that. But that's still, but still, the season premiere was still good. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, so the finale from last season was cobbled together from parts of what they had already filmed initially due to the pandemic. So they made that into the finale. Here, it's sort of similar to that because while it is the season premiere, it's also tying up and continuing plots from last season and leaving us with a cliffhanger that seemed like it would have fit better with last season's finale. But it was a good premiere overall. It, it's very, it's very different from Superman and Lois because Supergirl really leans into the comic book action while Superman is more grounded, and yet both work very well. So let's just hope we get some team-ups in the future. But I did like the premiere so far, so I can't wait to see how they actually end the season. Yeah. I hope, you know, who knows? Maybe Blue Beetle might make an appearance or hmm. Booster Gold, yeah. you know. I heard rumors somewhere. All right, no, maybe not, but still, you know. Jaguar. I mean, I mean, Booster Gold, you know, or uh, yeah, but uh, but all jokes aside, you know, it's uh, it, it is gonna be like uh, uh, bittersweet when uh, when it ends because it's yeah. like, you know, like uh, I, I've I've enjoyed uh, this particular rendition of Supergirl and Melissa Benoist has just done such a great job with the character, mm-hmm. yeah, and and stuff, uh, but you know. Uh, while while it is gonna suck that like you know it's gonna end and how she's not gonna be playing the character anymore. At the same time, you know she she she's she's done her thing and it's uh, and it's time for her to at least try like other stuff. You know. Oh yeah. And she's definitely. done other she's done other roles too, like that uh that Waco uh um uh, miniseries. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. No, she's, 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 you know, she's on Broadway. She's also a talented singer. Very talented, yes. Yeah. Like that one episode where uh, her and uh, Grant Gustin were like uh, trapped back in time, was it? And then they were like yeah. singing like show tunes and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's like one of my personal faves. Yeah, so, that was a good one. You know, so, but hey, here's hoping that uh, this goes out with a bang. And, uh, you know, it'd be cool. And we spoke about this on the phone. That uh, that'd be cool if like on the final episode, like she does like that flyby, like how Christopher Reeve did in, mm-hmm. the, in the Superman movies. She like you know looks at the camera, would have like a big smile, and just like just you know, so it goes into black. That would be yeah, away. that would be a great way to to end it. You know, and then and then then they show the credits with like you know the, that that weird effect with like. The, the letters coming at you, but I don't know. If they go all out, that would be really cool. <laughs> that would be so sick. Yeah. Um, so uh, over the weekend, um, Cartoon Network premiered uh, Bird Girl, which is a spinoff of uh, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Um, oh, yeah, like I haven't been. I mean, look, I technically have no reason anymore to watch Cartoon Network because a lot of their shows I'm not interested in. And like, plus they canceled Venture Brothers. And that was kind of the only ones that I really watched. Um Plus, half the shows you have to really be on acid to like enjoy. I mean, I do I like mean, uh, Dream Corp LLC. That's a, that's a good one. Uh, I watched that one. But uh, Bird Girl is one I'm going to be tuning in for. The rest of my case. Um, yeah, that, but that's a good show. But yeah, so um, Patrick Brewster returns to voice Bird Girl, um, though she sounds a bit different here. Uh, but the energy is the same. They're going for a slightly different version of the character. Um, Bird Girl takes over her father's company and has to balance being a superhero and running a company while also stopping the havoc that the company also causes. 
Um, the first episode, um, I, I liked it. It was okay. Um, there were some funny moments. So the humor is still quick and funny, but not as insane as Harvey Birdman, at least not yet. Um, but the show is also from the original creators of Harvey. Um, there were no Hanna-Barbera characters uh, in the first episode, so hopefully they'll show up during the season. But I think the show is trying to be its own thing, even though it's a spinoff slash sequel to Harvey Birdman. I liked the new animation style and character designs and the theme song. It, it, it's, uh, it's pretty catchy and captures the manic personality of Bird Girl. What I found interesting is uh, how they seem to have established that Bird Girl may have some identity issues stemming back from childhood, uh, showing that she's more comfortable being bird girl instead of judy as that is how her father paid more attention to her i'm not sure if that will be a running theme but we'll see there's a lot more they're exploring more depth to her and her character which is which is pretty interesting um so uh the show seems to also be leaning into the superhero aspect compared to harvey birdman where he was more lawyer than superhero which is what i miss here but again as I said, it's trying not to repeat what came before and be its own thing. It's also It also has a bit of Venture Brothers vibes to it that's also very welcome. So I think the positives for me outweigh the negatives, um, though I wish there were m some more carryovers from Harvey Birdman. But this episode was still funny in most parts. This is a show that's going to have to grow on me, but I think that's mostly because I just miss Harvey Birdman. But I respect the fact that this show is trying to have its own voice. And while I'll still keep watching, I think the show still needs to find its footing. It's still the pilot. But I don't think it'll, you know, uh, it, it will. I think it will do that in no time. It'll definitely find its footing very quick because, you know, it's from the same creators. So I'm sure the growing pains will be done and over with fairly quickly this season. But um, as I said, I did like the show. But for fans of Harvey Birdman, it will be hit or miss. For viewers just tuning in, you'll most likely like the show. So I would give it a look. So it's at Sundays at midnight on Cartoon Network. I'll have to give that a shot. You yeah. know, if I'm not doing anything around that time, because usually I'm, I'm on uh, I'm on MAME playing Street Fighter and you know, causing violence and stuff. I mean, heck, yesterday I was playing Punisher, so I heard something. Hey, ah! you know? <laughs> the, uh, the, the first episode's already on YouTube, so you could, like, check it out on Adult Swim's uh, oh, channel. Oh, right. So, yeah. Yes. Um, so, uh, the second trailer for the Loki Disney Plus TV series dropped, uh, today. Um, yeah, man, I, I can't wait for that show. It comes out, uh, June 11th. And, um, so, again, for those that don't know, this takes place, uh, uh, I guess like uh, after Endgame, and so he Loki uh, gets tried for his crimes uh, and has to work for the uh, Time Variance Authority. So they've been around the Marvel comics for like since uh, since the eighties and first appeared as part of Thor, um, created co-created by Walter Simonson, which is pretty cool. So they're basically like timekeepers and whatnot, and they fix like and uh, they're forcing Loki to fix a lot of the splintered timelines that he created when he was traveling through time when he stole. Uh, the Tesseract and started altering human history. We don't know the reasons why yet. So this is going to be like a time traveling crime thriller. Um, but yeah, man, it looks it looks really good. I, I can't wait to see the show. Yeah, no, I, I can't wait in general because Tom Hiddleston as Loki is just an awesome character, mm -hmm. and uh, the way he portrays it is just so much fun. So uh, it, the fact that he's going to have his own series is is just it's something I'm really looking forward to. So, um, pretty sure they're going to knock it out of the park. Yeah, you know. Hell, they're already they've already knocked like a few other series. I mean, they've already like kicked ass with Wandavision and Falcon and Winter Soldier so far. So I I have full confidence that this show will uh will do real good. Oh yeah. Now, um, it's going to be six episodes. It's going to follow the same format as uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So it's going to be six episodes an hour each for the most part. So 
So there you go. Can't wait for this June. So basically, it's a mini series of sorts. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, hey, as long as it's good. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, yeah, I don't think that'll be a problem. They they've been yeah, as, as you said, they've been knocking it out of the park. So, um, now, did you see uh the new Space Jam trailer, or should I say the first Space Jam trailer? Yeah, I did. Okay. Oh, fuck. So <laughs> looks like we're. Gonna- I knew we had to address the elephant in the room yeah. uh, sooner or later, but <laughs> yeah, man. So that trailer, had... that trailer dropped uh, last week, and um, now I don't know if you can call even call this a sequel. I mean, it's basically the same story, just done slightly differently. People have said this already, but it is very much uh, similar to Ready Player One. It is littered with all of the properties that Warner Brothers owns, um, and just like Ready Player One, the Iron Giant and King Kong cameo in it. Um, and they, so it basically just seems like that movie just turned up to 11. So the trailer gives you a very loose explanation of the plot. LeBron is having, um, issues with his son. He then disappears into a different virtual dimension. LeBron goes in as well and has to stop the villain played by Don Cheadle, who just looks like Don Cheadle. So he's basically fighting Don Cheadle in this. Um, maybe the film, yeah, maybe the film explains, maybe the film explains that and there's some joke in there somewhere. Like Don's character is an evil algorithm and his character's name is, get this, Al-G-Rhythm. Wow. I was kidding too, yeah. man. Yeah. So LeBron what has to team fuck? up. Yeah. So the, LeBron has to team up with the Looney Tunes in a basketball game to defeat Al's goon squad and get home. Uh, we don't know why, but yes, we don't know why it has to be basketball, but I guess it just does. So um, this is Looney Tunes. Yeah. It, it's safe to say that we're not the audience for this. Kids will most likely have fun with it. Um, maybe, but this, this just doesn't look good judging from the trailer. It's, it's very much a retread of the original film. Just as I said, turn up to 11. Uh, the, of course. the original, uh, the original, which, uh, for some reason is a cult classic. Um, it's fine, but I don't have much nostalgia for it. Um, but the original film was telling a fairly simple story and was only promoting the Looney Tunes characters. This movie is one giant commercial for everything Warner Brothers owns. They're just stuffing so much crap into this. Although the one thing they did cut out, of course, was Pepe Le Pew because of the controversy of that character. And yet, and yet they included in crowd scenes live action villains like the gang from A Clockwork Orange in there who gang raped a woman in the film. But I guess modern audiences, let alone kids, wouldn't be familiar with that film. Uh, Not only that, but the logic would probably be that they're just in the crowd while Pepe and... uh, you know, would have had a more prominent role in the film, just like uh, in the first movie. Um, cutting him might have been uh, late into production, but if it wasn't, you're telling me they couldn't have an in-joke where you see Pepe at some facility watching the events on TV and someone asking, I bet you wish you could be out there. And then Pepe is like, uh, you know, I do, but apparently there are some issues I need to work out, you know, and looks right at the camera when he says it, you know, you could have had yeah. that. That yeah. would have been funny. That would have been a great yeah. joke. Yeah. But of course, you know, all these like sensitive morons out there and, and you guys and you guys know what I'm talking about because you're all sensitive morons. Right. <laughs> I'm pissing and moaning, bitching and whining and crying about nothing, you know, but y'all ruined everything, everything. Anyhow. Um, so I, I, I guess it's safe to say we're skipping this one. Oh, yeah. I had no intention of watching this. Yeah. yeah. You know? When I saw Space Jam, look. First off, I was talking. I want to say I was talking to like I went with my with my sister in law, my nephew, you know, and it was, it was it, like I was invited, so it was just time to like spend out family fun. Obviously, this is many years later. I highly doubt that's going to be the same issue. Family fun. And 
Is it family? I'm here for family fun. No one will get that reference. No one. Because they're all stupid. Just like the people that canceled Pepe Le Pew. Stupid. Stupid. Anyway. You going off the top rope? We are going off the top rope. And I'm going to drop a big ass elbow drop on all those stupid people. Remember, stupid. You're all stupid. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Now, going off the top rope. Let's talk about some New Japan, shall we? Surely. Um, the new IWGP World Heavyweight Championship belts was now on display as Kota Ibushi was defending the new uh, championship belt against the winner of the New Japan Cup 2021, Mr. Will Ospreay. In a fantastic half-hour display of wrestling excellence, it would be Will Ospreay, the Commonwealth Kingpin himself, that would shock the world and beat Kota Ibushi to become the new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And he's already made it clear that he wants Okada to redeem his uh, loss that Okada gave him at Wrestle Kingdom earlier this year. However, Shingo Takagi of uh, LIJ stepped in and said, uh uh-uh, hold on a second, bro. Yo, I want to shout at your belt first. So Will Ospreay says, okay, he wants Shingo first. Then Okada. So a lot of stuff is going to be developing over in the next couple of months or so as to how the championship uh, match is going to play out. Earlier that night, the junior heavyweight champion, junior heavyweight tag team championship, I'm sorry, was on the line as um, Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado of Suzuki-gun defended their titles against the newly reformed, well, I don't want to say newly reformed, the returning Rapungi 3K, uh, Sho and Yo, back together again after Sho came back from an injury of his knee. And uh, in the last, uh, in, the, in the finals of the uh, New Japan Cup tournament, made it very clear that he and Yo uh, were uh, coming for those tag team titles. And sure enough, uh, in another classic match, Sho and Yo once again became the IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions. So um, a lot of developments are going to be happening in New Japan, so stay tuned for that. And WrestleMania news, right? The big event, the two-night event, will, become, will be airing this weekend. Um, and the card as it stands is as follows. Uh, for the WWE Championship, we have Bobby Lashley against Drew McIntyre. Uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, we have uh, Sasha Banks going up against the number one contender, Bianca Belair, as she will earn the right to uh, challenge for the title by way of winning the Royal Rumble. Uh, Bad Bunny, yes, as in that Bad Bunny, as in their recording artist, Bad Bunny, will take on The Miz. I'm not kidding, Okay. That's going to be a match. Anyway, uh, so then we have Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. I'm looking for more to that because those two are actual good workers. Um, For the Raw Tag Team Championship, we have the New Day. I can't believe I did that. Anyway, uh, we have Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods defending their championships against AJ Styles and his big bodyguard, Omos. In a steel cage match, we have Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon. Still have no idea why this is a thing, but whatever. Uh, in a tag team turmoil to determine the women's tag team championship, uh, we have uh, – well, actually – all right. Before I continue, that's actually it for night one. Night two, 
no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. This is still night one. Uh, night one, uh, we have tag team turmoil to determine who's going to challenge for the tag team, the women's tag team championship on night two. We have Naomi and Lana versus Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke versus the Riot Squad versus Natalia and Tamina versus Carmella and Billy Kay. So the winner of that match will take on the team of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax on night two. As for night two, here's the matches as follows real quick for the Universal Championship. We have a triple threat match, Roman Reigns versus Edge, the winner of the Royal Rumble, in which he should just be going one-on-one with Roman Reigns. But, of course, Daniel Bryan cries like, no, I want to fight too. But So we have a triple threat match for that. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, returns and is taking on Randy Orton. For the Intercontinental Championship, we have Big E taking on Apollo Crews. Uh, Matt Riddle, or as they just call him, Riddle, will take on Sheamus. Kevin Owens will go one-on-one with Sami Zayn. About damn time, too. And for the Women's Tag Team Championship, as mentioned earlier, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax will take on the winner of the Tag Team Turmoil match from night one. WrestleMania is this weekend, so be sure that next week I will be giving my uh, opinions and and I'll wrap it up and I'll talk about it a little bit and probably hate it, but I don't know. We'll see. I've been surprised before. Tyler? Thanks, man. So uh, for long box comic book recommendations this week... Um, I'm going to recommend Hawkeye, My Life as a Weapon by Matt Fraction and David Aja, um, or I think that's how you say his last name. Um, it's one of the best interpretations of Hawkeye. Uh, I definitely seek it out, um, or just wait for the Jeremy Renner Disney Plus version. So, and that's our show. Uh, thanks for listening. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts, as well as our quick channel Instagram and Facebook pages. Please subscribe or drop a review, preferably both, and we'll see you next week. Next week, special guest Shusha. Stay tuned for that. That's going to be good. By lunchtime, I'd pretty much forgotten about the whole thing. 